Hey there, and welcome back to The Truth is Somewhere, where myself, Corey, and my beautiful wife, Megan, talk about conspiracy theories and other things in that vein. What are we going to be talking about today? Actually, before we get started today, I have a couple of housekeeping items. Oh. So first is I have a very special shout out to um, Damien and Ralph from Pop Views. Uh, I met Damien in the podcast movement community on Facebook, and he and I got to talking a little bit about podcasts and... So he ended up listening to ours, and we ended up listening to his, and of special interest to our listeners is they have a section they call Pop Files, where they talk about conspiracy theories, and they're very um, loose, discussion-based the way that we are, um, and pretty interesting. They did a really great uh, episode on the Bermuda Triangle, Devil, Devil's Triangle, all sorts of triangles, and it was really interesting. So you can check them out. They're at popviews.podbean.com. They're also on iTunes, and they actually do a video uh, part of their podcast, too, so you can find them on YouTube. So, hey, Ralph. Hey, Damien. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I wanted to make clear is that today's episode has some graphic content to it. So this episode might not be suitable for all listeners. I know that we're already tagged as explicit, but a lot of times people are okay with the swearing, but they're not necessarily okay with, like, going into deep detail about... Uh, death and other gory things so if you don't like that turn it off and if you're a weird freak and you really like it keep listening and just a kind of general spoiler not spoiler but uh notice for the rest of our show it might pop up from time to time we'll try to warn you for every for every show she will i like to shock people okay anyway so today <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Love pass and I'm a, going to apologize in advance because I am going to wreck some names today because everything's in Russian and I do not speak Russian and I don't get it. So I'm going to be sounding things out phonetically and it's going to sound like garbage. So sorry. language. So um, on January 31st of 1959, 23-year-old Igor Dyatlov and his team of nine experienced ski hikers from the Ural Polytechnical Institute set out to hike the mountain Otorten in Russia. Mm -hmm. Nine of the ten students were never again seen alive. Oh. Yeah, so uh, Yuri Yudin got sick before the group made it to the base of the mountains and stayed behind in a village. Okay. So he was the lucky one. Mm-hmm. Um, investigators pieced together a rough timeline based on the photos they recovered from the cameras that they found in the group's camp. And we're going to put the photos up in the show notes, but it was, like, really weird and unsettling seeing all these photos of them being, like, super happy and excited to go on their hike, and then knowing what happened to them afterwards. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they seem pretty happy. When did, uh, when did you say this happened again? 1959. Okay, so... So this is an old mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still remains pretty much unsolved. Yeah, all these pictures are in black and white. Except for that yeah. one. Sepia. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, on February 1st, uh, they were making their way through the pass to the mountain that at the time did not have a name. Okay. So that pass that's called the Love Pass now mm -hmm. didn't have a name back then. Okay. So it was named after this guy and his, his merry band of hikers. Right. Uh, so not while so in the merry. pass, they were caught in a series of snow... No, while in the pass, they were caught in a series of snowstorms that made for poor... Woo! Words are hard. <laughs> Woo. So they're caught in a series of snowstorms that made it hard for them to see. That's what I'm trying to spit out. Yeah, yeah. Made for poor visibility. Apparently I shouldn't make things, like, so academic sounding. I should just Spit talk. it out like you would. Woo. Okay, mm -hmm. so they deviated from their course, mm -hmm. and they ended up near the top of a different mountain. Here we go. Here's one of the, here's one of the things. Kolat Sayakl, which means 
dead mountain in the indigenous language of the Manzi people of that region. Oh, can I see? Can yeah. I see how it's spelled? It's oh, S Y A K H L, which makes it really difficult because there's no Kalant extra vowel. Siakal. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Definitely not something English speakers understand. So, um, Diatlov called for the camp to be made on this slope before they headed over to O'Torton. Uh, before he had started the hike, Diatlov had told his sports club that he would send them a telegram when the hike was finished. When the club received no word by February 20th, they called for a search party. Okay, makes sense. So, remember, this was February 1st. So, nothing seems too crazy out of this. They waited 11 days, that's what you're letting me know. Until Yeah. Okay, so nothing seems too crazy. That's not 11 days, that's 19 days. 19 days. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, 20th, you're right. For some yep. reason I thought you said 11. But anyways, um, yeah, nothing seems too crazy at this point. People nothing, go hiking. Nothing crazy has happened Yeah, people yet. go hiking and they disappear all the time. This like is just the history. I'm yeah, laying okay. the groundwork for the crazy oh. shit that comes after okay. this, all right? So the volunteer search party managed to find the campsite, campsite on the Death Mountain on February 26th. So six days later, okay, six days they later, finally the, find them. The campsite. With Just them the campsite. Just the campsite. All okay. they have found at this point is the camp. Okay. So um, they call in the army and police investigators uh, to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. So investigators find that the tent in the camp had been cut open from the inside. Okay. So like they cut themselves out of the tent. Sure. And they left all their belongings and shoes and stuff behind. From the inside. Yeah, from the inside. That's interesting, because, I mean, the only thing I could think of is they couldn't figure out how to get the zipper to work. <laughs> right? I don't even know if it's a tent that had a zipper. Or they wanted I to get... I have no idea. They wanted to get out quick. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the prevailing theory, yeah. is that they wanted to get out quick. Quickly, yeah. So, they found eight or nine sets of footprints, and many of them were made by feet that were not wearing shoes. That makes sense. And they tracked the prints to the edge of the nearby woods, which were almost a mile away from the camp. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so investigators found the remains of a small fire that the hikers appeared to have built, and they found two bodies around this fire, and that was 23-year-old Yuri Krivonashenko mm-hmm. and 21-year-old Yuri Doroshenko. The Yuris. The Yuris. That's what I thought every yeah. time I was reading about this. I was like, the Yuris, because that's just easier. Yeah. So, um, the night before had seen temperatures of negative 13 to negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit, but both men were wearing only their underwear. Oh, okay. So they're so, they're out in negative... So yeah, so um, a lot of people now attribute the fact that they were wearing no clothing to paradoxical undressing. Um, yeah. Yeah, which okay. is essentially when your hypothalamus malfunctions and tells your body you're hot. So that you absolutely makes sense. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big warning when you go into cold areas that... If you are in a cold area and you start to think that you aren't cold anymore, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that uh, you're starting to get hypothermic. Well, and apparently are. this actually happens in 25% of uh, hypothermia cases, fatal hypothermia cases, Makes where sense. paradoxical undressing has happened. Sure, sure. Uh, so the weird thing about this is that their hands were mutilated. How and, so? Like, they were literally just, like, bloody flesh bags. Pretty much. Um, and there were trunks, chunks of human flesh embedded in the trunk of the tree they were found near. So it looks like they were, like, scared or crazy or something, and they tried to climb this tree, and they, like, literally ripped their hands to shreds trying hmm. to climb the tree. Okay. So that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. And then... Bigfoot. 
Bigfoot's on their tail. <laughs> Maybe. Investigators found the next three bodies, which was Dyatlov, Zenaida, and Komogrovo Slobodin, mm-hmm. who died on their way back to the camp from the woods. Okay. So they found them, like, spaced out on their way back to the camp. Okay. Uh, Dyatlov was found with his coat unbuttoned, and he had minor abrasions to his face. So that, again, could have been the paradoxical undressing. Like, he felt like he got hot, and so he started to unbutton his coat. What if they're running from something? Yeah. I mean, so, he had his clothes on otherwise? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're running from something, uh, survival and survival teachings uh, suggest that you don't sweat. So if he's running mm-hmm. or moving very briskly from something, it might actually be a good idea to open his uh, jacket just to let off some of the heat. So okay. he doesn't make himself sweat. Because once you sweat... Then you're going to get really cold. Then you're going to get even more cold. You're going to sure. lose even more heat. I get it. Okay. Uh, so Slowboden presented with a 6 centimeter, centimeter or uh, 2.4 inch split on the left side of his head. Okay. So that's a pretty good size split yeah. on the left side of his head. Um, and then Kolmogrova had several injuries to her face, but her hands were badly ravaged by both abrasions and frostbite. So... I don't know if she was also trying to climb the tree, mm-hmm. but she had bad abrasions on her, her hands that were not just frostbite. Were there any other tracks mentioned other than theirs? No, just the eight to nine sets of footprints. Did they have mushrooms? Not that it was noted. I mean, that's a good I mean, question. One of the theories is that they drank too much because they had vodka with them because it's Russia. Russia. But mm-hmm. um, none of the bottles were empty, so uh-huh. that's not a decent theory. Sure. Um, so... Not between... That many of them, what, five? Yeah. Oh, no, it was... Well, the uh, Five so have been found so far. Yeah. So despite all these injuries, it was determined that all five of these hikers died from hypothermia. Okay. Which, I mean, is fair, because it was really cold and they were out in mm-hmm. the elements. So I kind of... But, like, obviously there are some strange things, like their hands being mutilated. Like, right. That's, that's a little weird. Okay. But they decided it was hypothermia. And they found the circumstances surrounding the deaths to be a little bit strange, but the mystery really took off when the bodies of the other four hikers were found two months later on May 4th. Oh. Which is shitty, because that's my birthday. Happy birthday! (laughs) I know. I was like, (laughs) oh, man. And for us recording this right now, my birthday was like two days ago, but when this goes up, it'll be like two weeks ago, so it won't be quite as relevant. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. (laughs) they found them on my birthday in 1959. Anyway. Uh, those four were found in a ravine roughly 75 meters further into the woods than the spot of the small fire. And three of those bodies had fatal injuries. So nobody else has had any fatal injuries. They've all died of hypothermia, right? So this is the first indication that they've found of any kind of injury, like major injury. Did did it say what kind of injury? Yes, I'm getting there. Okay. So Nikolai Thibault Brignoles, who was 23, had significant damage to his skull. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Lyudmila Dubanina, who was 20, and Semyon Zolotaryov, who was 38, suffered from major chest fractures that can only be caused by an immense force. Like, okay. what would happen in a car crash, Okay. essentially. So, but there were no visible exterior injuries or bruising. So they had all these crazy, like, broken bones inside of their body. Like, their chests were crushed. Right. But there was no outward indication of that. Interesting. So it's not like they... I don't even know, fell off of something. No, and yeah. And broke skin and broke... No. It's all only internal. Interesting. Which they only really figured out because of an autopsy. Like, there's there was no outward indication that they had these serious injuries. Okay. Which is kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, 
And then Kolovatov and Dubanina were both missing their eyes. Oh. And Zolotaryov was missing soft tissues around his eyes and had an open wound behind his ear. Okay. And in addition to her eyes, Dubanina was missing her tongue, most of the soft tissue of her face, and a fragment of her, her skull. I think most of that's pretty explainable, though. I think a lot of people try to explain that away with, like, birds and wildlife. Yeah, small animals. That's the first thing but, everything like, goes for. Is her just... tongue being missing is yeah, a little, that's like... a soft tissue. It's weird. That's okay. a that's a meaty, soft tissue sure. that, with a mouth wide open, a bird's going to take that right out. Okay. So, Kolovatov was the only one of these four who did not have any serious injuries other than missing his eyes. Mm-hmm. So, these four hikers were found wearing clothing, though most of it was not their own clothing. So... Dubanina's foot was wrapped in a piece of Krivonoshenko's wool pants, and Zolotaryov was wearing Dubanina's faux fur coat and the hat. And the official line is that, quote, an unknown compelling force killed the three hikers with severe internal injuries. Ooh, I mean, that's just writing, writing just a conspiracy right an there. an unknown compelling force. That was literally what was written in the autopsy report. Unknown compelling force. That, I mean, that's, that's what the... Uh... What do you call someone who does an uh, autopsy? Coroner? A coroner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what... uh, He's probably like, oh man, I want this to be the greatest mystery of all time. (laughs) He's like the pilot. Unknown unknown compelling force. (laughs) And so... Okay. Fair. Okay. But bear with me, because there's more. Sorry, I keep rationalizing. There's more. And not long after that note was placed in the autopsy reports, the case was closed and government officials took the documentation about the case and sealed them via government resolution. Oh. So they they were were like, like, yeah, no. Well, they don't want... Which, it's Russia, right? At this time, it's the Soviet Union. It's not even Mm -hmm. just Russia. It's it's... the USSR. Yeah, they don't want people to know that... They're super secretive. Yeah, they don't want people to know that their monsters are out there. Yeah. So... Um, obviously, these circumstances create a lot of conspiracy theories. Like, we haven't even gotten to the conspiracies yet. This was just the groundwork for conspiracies. Sure, I could see, uh, some, some of the weaker mind biting off on some of the stuff that, that you had so far. I mean, aside from the, no, aside from the, the, the broken bones, I can't, the rest of it seems pretty easily explained. Sure. I mean, did it mention how far, um... The travelers beyond the trees went, like the girl and the 75 other... 75 meters. Okay, so that's really not that far. Okay. Uh, so anyway, in the beginning of the investigation, the Soviets suspected that the group had been attacked by the local Mansi tribe. Um, they're the ones who named that mountain Death Mountain. Okay, that so makes that sense. So that kind of makes sense, right? right. Um, but the Mansi people are usually very peaceful, and there's just no evidence of those attacks, and mm-hmm. also, like... They full out said, like, humans could not have created those crush wounds mm-hmm. on the people who died from serious internal injuries. But what could? Tune in next time. <laughs> or this time. This time. We're going to keep going. We're not stopping. Uh, and then investigators also suspected that the hikers may have been killed by an avalanche, which would explain the blunt force trauma to those uh, three with obvious injuries. But it was decided that it was extremely unlikely that a group of experienced hikers would have made camp in an area that would have been susceptible to avalanches. Mm-hmm. And investigators also found no evidence of an avalanche in the area recently, and no avalanche- avalanches have ever been recorded at that site. Okay. Ever. Before or after. They don't happen there. Okay. So it's really unlikely that it was an avalanche. Uh, then the theory cropped up that the deaths were a result of an argument among the group. And they theorized that the argument may have had something to do with a romantic encounter. So there were two girls. Okay. 
and then seven men. Uh, so that would explain the various state of undress of some of the hikers. Yeah. If they were, there was like a romantic encounter and then they got in a fight over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this theory was also debunked because most of the people who knew the group said that they got along very well and didn't argue. Okay. And again, not to mention the fact that a human couldn't have caused those severe crush injuries. So we keep getting hung up on that, like what caused the crush injuries, especially because there was no outward indication. Right. What about someone putting their foot down on somebody's chest? Everything I read said that there was just no way that a human could create enough force to make those injuries. That's what you. That's what they want you to think. I don't. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> science, okay? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the wounds look like. I don't know. I am not a coroner either, so... Yeah, me neither. So maybe, yeah. So, because the cause of death remains such a mystery, the theories started to become, like, crazier and crazier. Mm-hmm. So, some people would believe that the hikers were killed by a mink, which is a forest sprite from Mansi folklore that is essentially their version of a yeti. How, so, a you said mink? Bigfoot. Mink. M-E-N-K. Hmm. So, yeah, basically. And they believe that the mink would have been strong enough to cause the severe injuries from that some of the hikers had faced. Okay, yeah. So, and maybe that's, like, why they ran out of their tent. They cut their way out of their tent because they were afraid of a yeti, essentially. Sure, sure. Uh, there were also slightly elevated levels of radiation on the bodies. It's Russia. Isn't it just slightly elevated levels of radiation everywhere? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no. Like, this was strange. It was oh, okay. strange to okay. know. So this leads people to believe that the group happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's like the guy with the umbrella. Okay, sure. They, they all have a bunch of umbrellas. So maybe they all went uh, slightly loony from the radiation? Well, they think that they were the victims of testing of a USSR radioactive weapon of some oh, sort. Like okay. they were exploding weapons out in the middle of nowhere on this this mountain, and these people got exposed to it. And they were running from it. Yeah, because it was scary. Okay. Did, sure. Did they say anything about burns on them? No. Because radiation tends to leave... Um... Well, it was only slightly elevated, remember? It oh, you're like... right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it wasn't like they were in the middle of a nuke. Sure. <laughs> um, but families of the hikers also claimed that there was a strange orange glow coming off of the bodies at the funerals and that their hair had gone gray. Which, well, that seems silly. That one is, like, really contested. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so for something... For something to glow... It actually has to be putting off. Like, they wouldn't have been burnt at that point, because they would have been so irradiated. I mean, yes, yeah. Our skin cannot hold that kind of energy. Like, think about think about things that glow naturally. Hot rocks. Right? <laughs> right. Hot rock. That's And that has to do with the fact that um, they have, without getting too science-y about it, uh, they have excess energy and uh, they want to let that energy off somehow. And they could have got that energy a hundred different ways, be it through heat or some other form of radiation. Um, but everything is like that. That lets off light. They're letting off electromagnetic radiation. So uh, for human skin... And a dead body at that. And a dead body at that, to be putting off some sort of glow is pure science fiction and is just ridiculous okay and and for for your hair to lose its color i mean your pigment isn't just on the surface so you would have to lose pigment throughout the entire strand and it's not like they grew gray hair in that mm-hmm. time because your hair does uh, contrary to popular belief your hair does not continue to grow when you die it stops just like everything else i mean given maybe a day or so uh for the rest you I mean you die but your cells don't all die when you die mm-hmm. so they might still continue to create new uh, hair, but yeah, 
Not glowing. Not glowing at all. Because that's that's silly. So, but what does back up this whole radiation thing and the the idea that there was maybe some sort of weapons testing involved was that there was another hiking group who were camped roughly 50 kilometers or 30 miles away from the Dyatlov group that said they saw strange orange orbs floating in the sky moving towards Death Mountain. Oh. And then this was also corroborated by reports from both the Weather Service and the Army. So whatever it was, those strange glowing lights were there. Like, that is uncontested because okay. the Army and the Weather Service backed that up. So if they were doing weapon tests out there, that could, um, that could be missiles. Those, I mean, you said that it was, um, wasn't clear, correct? Or was it clear at this point? I don't know if it was clear at this point or not. They broke camp where they did because they ended up getting lost because the visibility was poor. But I don't know if it had cleared up okay. when they died. Um, regardless, if you fire a missile, it's going to have a fiery rocket behind it. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what, I mean, this is, people think that that definitely gives some credence to the idea that there was weapons testing. Sure. Because there were definitely some sort of orbs out there. And that are aliens. Yeah, well, yeah, that's here too. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't talk about glowing orbs and not be like, aliens, right? So, okay. So, but it, it kind of makes sense, too, when you start thinking about the fact that the government was like, your investigation's over, we're taking everything, and we're locking it away. So, yeah. if they killed these nine people because they were doing weapons testing, mm-hmm. like, if they were... So, five of them definitely died from, from hypothermia. Yeah. But what chased them out of the tent? And could it have been that, like, missiles were literally falling around them, and they were like, oh, shit, gotta go! Well, were... I would imagine there isn't because you didn't tell me. There are no reports of any sort of missile. No. Any, but any if it's reports a of giant government cover up? Like the yeah. army was in so on this, right? So there were things that were that like, were just not mentioned. Yeah, the army said, "Oh yeah, there were glowing orbs," and the weather service said, "Oh yeah, there were glowing orbs," and this other group of hikers said, "Oh yeah, there were glowing orbs." So we know there were glowing orbs. Yeah, I'm just trying to think because, like, you'd have um, depending on the level of radiation, the foliage would show just like we would there. Mm-hmm. carbon-based life forms, right? Um, and random isotopes are not good for anyone's health, um, be it plant life or um, animal life. But uh, So I would think that maybe there was something there, but obviously you haven't mentioned that, so there's nothing yeah. that was brought up on that. Uh, same, I mean, if there was, there was heat... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know the kind of heat, but I know that a missile would melt snow. Sure. So. Well, and you would also think that any kind of explosion like that would cause an avalanche, right? I don't, I don't know. What, how was the mountain where they had a flat part? I, I don't know. True. But you're yeah. right. There could have been. I mean, but there, there could was have no been evidence an avalanche. of an avalanche. I just, so. I'm just wondering, like, if there are missiles falling around you. I'm just trying to think, like, how hard was it to get out of your tent? If you're struggling, I guess if you're struggling to get out of the tent and things are scaring you, you're going to cut your way out, but I don't think tents are... I don't know how many, to to tell you the truth, I've got a tent snagged more times than I can count. I'm trying to, oh, you're just slightly in the the zipper, like, come Mm -hmm. on, you know? And then I don't know, like, what's weird to me is that these were super experienced hikers. So Mm -hmm. undoubtedly they have been on hikes where they've had to camp before and you're telling me they didn't know how to get out of their own tent? Right. It's kind. Of, it's strange. Like the, the, this whole thing is strange. There's a reason that like this garners as much attention to this day that it does. True. Because true. it's still unsolved. 
and there's obviously some sort of government cover-up going on, because why would they have sealed it right. by essentially executive order? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it makes me wonder if um, Russia ever plans to, like, declassify stuff around this. Yeah. I'm sure they'll... It's just like the JFK files where, where they, they haven't, yeah. They, they declassified a lot of it, but there's still, like, 1% that's been classified. Mm-hmm. So people are always going to wonder what's in that 1% of classified material. They do it on purpose. So, um... Even the chief investigator at the time believed that the orbs had something to do with the group's death. He told a small newspaper in 1990 that he suspected at the time... Oh, sorry. Quote... Suspected at the time, and I'm almost sure now that these bright flying spheres had a direct connection to the group's death. He was a force. He was forced to abandon this path of investigation by the government. Well, so the government told him knock it off. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> like we said, strange glowing orb- orbs also obviously lead to discussions regarding aliens and UFOs. Of course, of course. Uh, and some theories claim that the UFOs scared the group away, which would explain the fact that several of them were not wearing clothing and their tent was cut from inside in a panic. So, like, they were in the middle of changing for the night to, like, go mm-hmm. to sleep, and then these crazy UFOs start showing up, and they're sure. like, what the fuck is that? Or they're missiles, and they were like, what the fuck is that? It works for either. <laughs> yeah, either one. Still begs the question of why you'd cut your way out of the tent instead of yeah it's, using the door. It's weird. It's weird for sure. Um, is there any sort of anything that has like orientation on where the cut was in the tent? Like, is it on the is it a, a new back door that they cut into there, or was it the side? Like, I know in my mind I have this image, I but I gotta question that, that image. Of, any of what I read got that specific about where it was cut. Everybody, okay, it was just like specifically said it was cut. Okay, because you get what I'm getting, what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, if it was at the side of the tent. That's kind of silly. But if it's in the back of the tent, like, that that makes a lot of sense. The they were getting away from the direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, and then there were some there were some things about what I was reading was that we're getting hung up on this as a red herring, where the investigators, the initial volunteer investigative group, was like, we could have accidentally ripped that even more than it was when we were looking. Mm. So it might have just been a tiny tear that they, like, turned into a huge thing. Okay. But they knew for sure that it came from the inside initially. Okay. So at least the hole was cut in from inside. Sure. Uh, And then there's another theory that talks about the KGB, because we can't talk about USSR without talking about KGB. Right. Uh, And it claims that Alexander Zolotaryov and Alexander Kovatov and Yuri Kravinoshenko were all KGB agents. And the three were on a mission to expose a cell of CIA agents. And their mission was to deliver some sort of radioactive samples and then take pictures of the CIA agents. But something went horribly wrong and the CIA agents ended up killing the whole group. Mm. And theorists believe that only those three knew of the plan and the rest of the group were just essentially a cover and they were just going hiking. So, like, six people died not knowing that this was an undercover KGB operation and there were radioactive substances in their tents. And the CIA came and killed them all, essentially. Okay. Um, and Zolotaryov joined the group last minute, and he was a veteran. And before going to the Ural Polytechnic Institute, he worked at a top-secret scientific facility as a lab assistant. Okay. And then Krivonoshenko worked at Mayak, where a nuclear disaster second in severity to, to Chernobyl occurred two years prior to the group's hike. Oh, wow. So they were, like, 
All of these were grad students. They were very, very smart people. And so it makes sense that they would have some sort of job with some sort of importance to it as yeah. a grad student. But but both of these guys came from places that specifically had to do with radioactive substances or top secret government stuff. Yeah. And and uh, who was it? I think I think it was Zolotaryov was thirty eight, so mm-hmm. he was much much older than everybody else. Sure. And he was not in, like initially supposed to be part of the hiking group like he literally like tacked himself on last minute so that was a bad choice that's right people think that's really suspicious and that he tacked himself on because he was part of the kgb and this was all a big kgb operation but six of them didn't know about it wait so there's no proof that he was actually part of the kgb right no of course not because the government would have covered that up come on space keep up oh i get that (laughs) i'm just trying to make sure that i have have everything put together um i don't know have you ever I don't know how many times I've last minute gone on an event with people. Maybe he got dumped the night before. Maybe he And did. he was like, you know what? Screw it. That hike that I said I wasn't even going to go on. I'm fellas, go. ladies, I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. We're getting fucked up. We're taking our clothes off and we're going for a run through the woods. All right. This is the last theory I have about this. Okay. And it's not one that I entirely understand, so you might have to help me muddle my way through this one because it's very science-based. Okay. And I did not understand it when I read it, we'll and I did if, not understand it when I wrote notes about it. See if I <laughs> so, could do anything with my minuscule amount of uh, science in college. So this is a theory regarding gravity fluctuation. Okay. Okay. So there's an associate professor of the Institute of Engineering named German Archenko who believes that significantly decreased external pressure through the hikers from the tent. Through them? Yes. Okay. So he claims that the area where the Dyatlov group camped can have significantly decreased force of gravity. Okay. And the pressure outside the tent was significantly lower than inside the tent, and a force began to lift the hikers off the floor and drag them against the inside of the tent, which is why they would have cut themselves out, because they were like, I don't know what's happening, I'm stuck. Uh And, like, nine people were pressing up against the side of a tent, right? Sure. Um, And then the decrease in gravity existed in a corridor, which moved the hikers to the area of the woods. Okay. So they're, like, floating. (laughs) This is silly. But did they say there were footprints, though? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were like trying to touch the ground. I told you I didn't <laughs> okay. understand this. Okay, this that's guy, because this is a this stretch. This guy is really brilliant. Like he's got a PhD. He's not a dumb guy. Hey, okay? look, so, I was actually just having a conversation with uh, one of the people I work with today about how uh, the most brilliant people in the world are always just a little bit unhinged. That's true. I'm There's sure... something like. I've had some conversations with some very, very brilliant people, and they are just socially usually not all the way there. Right. I'm not saying that all scientists are, you know, slightly mentally handicapped or can't handle social interactions, but, like, Nikola Tesla is a, is a prime example mm-hmm. of why we have the mad scientist trope. Because scientists were known for kind of going off in the woods and doing their own crazy thing because they couldn't socially handle everything and they had some crazy ideas. But anyways, let's talk more about these gravitational... Let my nerd flag fly for a minute, but uh-huh. it's like Ron Weasley saying that Dumbledore was always mental. Brilliant, but mental. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe this guy's like Dumbledore. That's what I'm gonna go with. This guy's like Dumbledore, everybody. More like Dumbledore. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh... 
He explains that the facial injuries were probably caused from the hikers falling once gravity returned to normal. Okay. Oh, okay. I could see that would explain in the chest, right? Yeah. So, and then he also notes that this gravity fluctuation is not uncommon in the area, and people, cattle, and wild animals are dying in the same manners regularly. So it's like a problem for that area, which I honestly, the reason that I didn't understand this was because I literally did not know that gravity on Earth could change so drastically in one little corridor that it would cause people to move. Uh, have you ever seen a YouTube video of that? No. That's why. Well, maybe that's because it's in a snowy pass where a bunch of people died. No, you would know about this. You would, you would, you would hear, you've heard of it. Yeah. You would have seen YouTube videos. Like, gravity fluctuations are things that I've heard people talk about, but... They're as of yet unproven. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They're just it's not theory. really like... Yeah. I mean, when you started talking about it, I was like, that sounds like... It sounds like that junk sounds, science, sounds right? more like they should have been like... Yeah, it sounds absolutely like junk science. It's just, it sounded more like someone should have said, the aliens picked them up. Right. But for sure. Except this guy has a PhD. To, I don't know. He's brilliant, but mental. Because uh, that doesn't... like Gravity doesn't just change. Like, the center of the Earth... And the Earth as a whole has a an overall average on gravity, like, all the way around it. Yeah. It doesn't just, at certain points, decide gravity doesn't work the same here anymore. That's just not... That's just not how gravity works. It's constant. It right. That's what, always working. And that's working. what was confusing me. I didn't know if it was just because I didn't know. Like, it wasn't something I had ever heard of or something... It wasn't something that I would understand because I'm not a very scientific person. I live more in the I-want-to-believe camp right. than... Like, it's not that I don't believe in science. I absolutely steadfastly believe in science. That's why we, we do this podcast where we talk about how fucking crazy some of this stuff sure. is, right? But I don't know science well enough to say definitively... Yes or no. Right. That's nuts, right? Like, to me, I was like, I don't think that this is real, but I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, if it were real, you think we'd be launching space shuttles from there. Right? Yeah. yeah. But they can't depend on it. It's not... Consistent. I mean, if they if they monitored it long enough, they could they True. could potentially find and the pattern. Maybe that's part of the government cover up. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it sounds right? more like they probably created some. If I were to theorize based on all the information you gave me, mm -hmm. they probably devised some sort of uh, missile radiation rain scatter bomb kind of missile. Yeah. Where they radiate an area. Uh, to just affect as many people as they possibly can. Um, but, I mean, right. I don't have any descriptions on anything. Like, I, I don't know. So, really, I don't even feel like... They glowing orbs. That's, orange that's, glowing that orbs. is the, the description. But, personally, I do, like, the investigator thought the orange glowing orbs had something to do with it. There's multiple counts of the orange glowing orbs. And then the government went, stop investigating what you're investigating. They took the files and they sealed them. So there's like, there is something to that. I mean, sure. Like, it it's could, conspiracy theory fodder, it could, no doubt. It could easily just be as simple as, how, did they say how many glowing orbs? No. Okay, I'm going to say three, just because I like that number. Okay. There were three low-flying stealth aircraft that flew over there that they did not want people to know about. Sure. Boom. Sure. Conspiracy sealed. Right. No. Scared the crap out of those guys. They yeah. had no idea. They ran because they were flying so low. They flew over the top. They shook the they sure. shook things. I mean, I've been they, under they were a little bit drunk, low. so they ran in terror 
uh, maybe some of them started to get hurt, just caused them to run even more. A few of them realized, oh, this is silly. What are we doing? Decided to go back to the tent. But and they died. died. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I just, because I come from that want to believe camp, I kind of feel like there was some sort of weapons testing going on. Because how do you explain the radiation? Right. And maybe that's a red herring too. I don't know. But I, it's weird. There, yeah. There's a reason that this was a conspiracy theory fodder. Like, yep. because it's, there's fucking weird shit in this story. And there's no answers here. It there the are Meg. no answers. It was the Meg. It was obviously the Yeti. There's one more thing that I want to want to mention, which I, I came across while I was researching, but could find really nothing more than a little drawing that claims that there's this thing to the number nine in this particular area. Mm-hmm. Where, like, nine people were killed by the Mansi tribe, which is weird because the Mansis are supposedly a peaceful people, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, like, nine planes crashed in this same area, and then these nine hikers died. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't corroborate the idea that nine planes have crashed. Like, you can go on through every record and look for... Nothing says nine And people. nothing says anything about nine planes. Which okay. is why I didn't delve into it very deeply, mm-hmm. because that one was, like, the obvious crackpot. Do you know okay. what I, like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the one that was, like, just so far out there. Yeah, because there was nothing else that could corroborate it at all. Yeah. So. It's like adding I'm, those numbers up and then uh, forgetting March. Right. So I'm, I'm throwing it out there and I'm letting you guys know that, yes, I saw it. I just didn't put a lot of stock into it because all I could find every time I searched for it to confirm the picture in the one article I saw was more pictures of this picture and then not good explanations and everything else I read was like there's no way to corroborate the nine planes like this is just the biggest hoax of this so it was really it's a big distraction compared to the other conspiracies some of which could actually possibly be true like some of which could hold water okay so I want to ask you a question okay what do you think happened I think there was weapons testing and the government wanted to cover it up that's it yeah Okay. I think I think they got scared by the weapons testing. I don't think the weapons killed them. I think they got scared by the weapons testing. I think they ran for the hills. I think some of them died of hypothermia. The rest of them stole the clothes that they did have. Yeah. And then I think those people probably fell. Okay. Like, maybe sense. they climbed some trees and they fell or something. Because there was that evidence of people trying to climb trees, right? Right. So... That would explain their crush injuries. Right, and if if they climbed those trees and then became hypothermic and passed out and, and then fell, fell, those injuries would be there. Yeah, so that's, I think that there was weapons testing that scared them because the, the glowing orbs were there mm-hmm. and the radiation is there. So there's got to be, like, something adds up there. So personally, I think there was weapons testing and I think the USSR covered it up. Right. Which I wouldn't put it past them. There are very, like, Russia today is a very secretive government. USSR totally, like, Blew them out of the water. Crazy secretive. Secret. Like, North Korea secretive. Right. Yeah. I mean, North Korea's not very good at keeping their secrets. Well, no, but you know what I'm saying. saying. Like, like, don't let people into this country, don't let them see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of secretive. So, that's what I think happened. Okay. What do you think happened? I already told you. You think think that stealth planes flew over? I mean, something like that. Weapon testing. Like I said, weapon testing could have been. Could have been the thing as well. I think it was either weapon testing or it was aircraft. I think weapon testing starts to make a little more sense when they start to you start to talk about them climbing the trees mm-hmm. and things like that. Though, it makes me wonder why they would have climbed the trees. Maybe it was to get away from the snow. Or maybe it was to get a better vantage point. Yeah, but it seems kind of interesting that they would have abandoned people. 
just for a vantage point for them to die behind them. Well, those I think those people had already died. When do you go back to your tent? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At I what mean, point? There's, there's a lot of I don't knows to this story, which right. is why I was so excited to cover it. Like, I've been telling you for a week now. I'm like, I can't wait to tell you about this one. It's so interesting. Yeah, I know. It just, uh, it seems like it's one of those ones that probably has a really simple answer. And it probably does. But it, it remains unsolved. And, like, we're never going to know what happened because the USSR classified probably all those not documents. Probably not truly, yeah. So, yeah, and they they probably don't have to declass things. Maybe like we do in the United States yeah, after not. certain. Mo- I mean, you don't technically limit. have to declass things, but there is like a recommended like most things are classified for a certain amount of time, right? And then uh, they get unclassified after a while. Well, like the JFK files, they had to pass a law to declassify oh. those. They oh. actually passed a law that said you will declassify these after this much time, hmm. and then we didn't declassify all of them because the CIA said that there were still threats to national security within those documents. Yeah, I don't know. So. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. All right. So follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at TTIS Podcast. Email us if you have questions about research or science, because Corey would love to answer your questions. Uh, Email us if you have suggestions at uh, thetruthissomewherepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. Those will probably be the most useful things you could give us. Uh, those suggestions we have we have a um, plethora <laughs> of really ideas for uh, episodes to continue but uh, obviously it would be helpful if you gave us more especially things that you want us to talk about if you give us something we're likely to talk about it yeah for it sure. may not be the next episode or the after episode after that but we will probably talk about it we'll yes. at least acknowledge it that's yes. for sure yes we will. right now you know if you know maybe we make it make it real big mm-hmm. and we're you know getting a hundred <laughs> recommendations uh, to talk about the whatever conspiracy. We may not bring it up. We may, though. But we Who might. Knows? It depends on how interesting it is. All right, guys. The truth is somewhere. Keep looking. <laughs>